Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, sometimes we do some fun stuff, uh, but this is a Monday, so we just recap the episodes of TBTL from last week. Um, I can't do it all by myself. I'm Mike Frizzell, the jail dude, so I have to pull some people in. This veteran podcaster just in his deer blind studios at the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas, can't do it all by himself, so... From Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's and with a plan, Lundholm. We yes, we're back to last names this week because we're gonna we're gonna keep the recap shorter so that we can do our last names. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Mike. And from the Middle Age Momish Studios in Texas, it's Hillary, the H bomb, Livingston Butler. Hello, kid. Hi. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. And finally, uh, from the way overchicked neighborhood in Buffalo, New York, it's my friend Bobby Pape. Is that one going to stick, Bobby? Uh, the nick, the studio name or yeah. my last name? I'm hoping that my last name sticks. No, I'm not giving you your last name because you robbed us last week. I'm still kind of mad. So that's just a disrespect thing of me not not saying your last name. So okay. And also no, disrespecting I, I you by understand. saying you're overchicked as well. So we're we're yeah, starting off. Well, I'm starting yeah. off a hot streak disrespecting you. <laughs> it's going to be a long episode, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, I hope not. I really hope not. Um, as always, we will talk some LRB business, serve up our hot takes on the recap, keep some house, and let you know how to get involved. I am not a great businessman, so or a business person. Is Anne doing the business this morning? Yes, I yes. Oh, that's <laughs> sort of my default is to do the business because I'm not dumb enough to be like not it. You're the best at it. You are. Let's just say that. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I can talk about the LRB business. Let's talk about uh, Friday's clip show. Christy and I put together a new clip show for y'all uh, on the subject of fashion. It was not necessarily intended when I conceived it to be about Luke's fashion, but really Luke's <laughs> the person that cares about fashion on the show. Yeah. And so by default, it ended up being about his style and fashion choices throughout the years. And uh, I thought the clips that we came up with were pretty top-notch for that one. So great. I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was they great. It was, and, fantastic. It, it was really good, and it retroactively made me so mad at Luke. Like, he's such a brat. <laughs> Especially with Jen, he's so rude, and she takes it so well because she doesn't like. She just is calmly like, "That's not a shirt. That's an undershirt. That's not a mm-hmm. shirt." Oh, it's so good. I have a story about that, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I was listening to that. That was my favorite clip. Was the one where Jen just very matter of factly, over and over and over, just saying, "But that's not a shirt." She wasn't getting mad. Luke was yeah. kind of getting mad, and. Right around that time, this was in the radio days. I looked up the date when when I when I heard the clip, and it was I think June twenty seventh, and it was that June I think when I met Luke for uh, I think lunch at um, Ram Restaurant, as Andrew likes to call it in <laughs> University Village. Those of us that went to UW, UW, sorry, uh, Andrew. Thank you. Um, uh call it the ram but it says ram so and it's in all caps so he likes to say ram so <clears throat> meeting luke of course luke is late because he's tried to get squeeze in a jog um <laughs> so so he's late he's about 15 20 minutes late and he's all sweaty 
He's wearing that uh, one of those undershirts. And it was the first thing I noticed is like, well, it's not a shirt. You don't go out and that's not a shirt. Uh, I didn't say that because, you know, I I wasn't probably going to be able to hide my resentment for that shirt as much as Jen was able to hide hers. Uh, but I got to tell you, uh, from his run, it was warm outside. It's air conditioned, nice in the restaurant. I got to tell you, it was like an episode of Twin Peaks in there. Those things. God. <laughs> those guns were blazing. I mean, they were out there. Woo. It was so weird that he thought that was okay at some point. I in feel his like life. 20, 2018 Luke would be so embarrassed thinking about that. I mean, ooh. yeah. Yeah, I think he would be. I don't think he'd admit to it, but I think he, he would be embarrassed by it. He's a few years away from admitting mm-hmm. the embarrassment. He's gotten to the embarrassment, I think. <laughs> I also had a commentary based on Friday's clip show, but I don't know that I can top Luke's Twin Peaks. <laughs> uh, this is more just because I know myself well enough that I will either spill something on myself or split my pants or do something to ruin an outfit I keep at least one change of clothes, usually more than one change of clothes in my office. And I'm amazed that not everyone does this. So if you went into my office in Boston right now, there would be a pair of jeans, probably a polo shirt, which I don't even usually wear polo shirts, but just sort of the general men's not quite a t-shirt option. Um, Some socks and underwear. And then in the hang up closet in our office, I've got two suits from the dry cleaner just just ready to go in case there's a disaster you're like a toddler like you're like in rory's class i have to bring three changes of clothes uh-huh. for him to have just in case he has an accident <laughs> well part of it is um i work in a shitty office and so in the morning i might be um fighting with a ceiling tile because we're trying to run an extension cord to a part of the office that doesn't have an outlet and then in the afternoon, I might have to run off to a meeting with a donor. And so I want to have options without having to you know, default to dressing nice all day. But no, the other option is that I will inevitably um, put an unfortunate tear. I don't want to spoil too much about the clip show if you haven't heard it yet. But um, our lovely hosts, Christy and Anne, have a, a pretty frank discussion about pants splitting. <laughs> Remember when mm-hmm. pants splitting was high comedy on TV? And- now i just try to wear a complimenting color of boxers in case the worst happens that's smart (laughs) i just feel like this could be your go bag bobby if you have to like make a quick break for freedom just a brush when the the authoritarian yeah when the authoritarian (laughs) regime turns into a dictatorship as it inevitably will at this point I mean, you got to be ready to go. I saw the first two episodes of Handmaid's Tale. So if Sam's mm-hmm. bank account freezes, we run. <laughs> Canada, Canada. I'm like six. I'm six to eight hours from the border here. I'm stuck. I'll never yeah. make it. Yeah, we could walk from here. <laughs> it's a quick It's a quick jaunt. <laughs> and Boston's not that bad either. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, my life is a go bag. My suitcase doesn't get put away. It's sitting in front of me right now because I have to pack for tomorrow. Dang. 
yeah, welcome to my life. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give you your last name excellent. back. I feel bad now. Bobby Pape. <laughs> wait, wait, you. wait, wait. This is a choice that he made. This is a self-imposed way of life. Mm. I don't feel bad. Great. I feel like the system is on trial. <laughs> I like that you said that with a question mark. <laughs> I have a tangent. May I, may I put put my hand up for a tangent? Why? Sure. Why did do I need to start the stopwatch? Sure. Give me give me two minutes. Okay. Okay. Why did anyone ever think it was a good idea to wear white underwear? When I was a kid, I mean, everyone wore the tidy whities and I, and I was like, this is the stupidest idea. It's a stupid color. It's a stupid design. This is made to be disgusting. It doesn't have to. I mean, we are all disgusting as people. We're very disgusting, mm-hmm. but we can minimize it, make it less obvious. You know, the last few drips from the dragon donut, you don't have to be able to see them. <laughs> Jesus. You know, even the lightest tiger stripe doesn't have to be visible. But it was like the first time people started wearing like colored underwear, you know, people were like, ooh, who's that? Who's that swinger? Who's that? You know. No, we should have been doing that all along. What was wrong with this? Do you think it's because of bleach? Oh, that's a good idea, Hillary. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You can't bleach red underwear, but I'll ex- you can bleach those whiteies. I'll accept that. <laughs> I'll accept that. Yeah. Oh, Good job, man. Hillary. I think you I think you Thanks. solved it for me. I solved but, it. <laughs> but but if Spoken there was like a mom. If that was such a great idea though, how come people aren't still largely wearing white underwear? They're just not. I mean, I don't see a lot of people's underwear, but when you're in the store, you don't see it as much. (laughs) Because underwear is now disposable. Okay. Back 100 years ago, when you were a child, people only had three (laughs) pairs of underwear, so you had to make them last. So now with with all the new tariffs, we're going to have to go back to to white underwear, to bleachable white underwear. Be careful with that. That's my Monday-Thursday pair. And just like Anne right. said in the in the clip show, every man is going to be wearing like a suit constantly because it's the only thing that they have in their closet because there's no fast fashion anymore. Oh, you you know how bad those crowds smelled. Uh, that's what oh, I wanted to I say. Let's <laughs> get nobody's washed their suit in three months, and they're all sitting so <laughs> close together in July, chain smoking. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we don't need to go back to that. That's fine. All right, so what you're saying is I can sure. I can pack light for for Red Sox Astros. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, uh if you haven't listened to the Friday show, it was a fun one. So check that out. Let's move on to another item of business. We have a couple of jam tracker updates. We got a donation from Susan in Edmonds this week. And she put a little note on her donation. She says, months behind on TBTL and LRB is the only way I can or want to catch up. $15 for 15 recaps. Love you, LRB crew. Susan, I love you. That is so brilliant. That's great. Thank you. I think that's absolutely wonderful. So thank you very much for that. And then when I was going to my Jam Tracker spreadsheet to input this, I noticed that we had one on the books that uh, never got mentioned on the recap 
Uh, so I want to say thank you to Shannon Fitz. Shannon, I was not on the recap where you potentially would have gotten thanked. So it's not my fault. Blame Let the me rest go ahead of these chuckleheads. Let me jump in front of that bus before Anne's done throwing. <laughs> Shannon, <laughs> uh, this is probably mostly my fault. Uh, I saw the, the uh, jam, you know, I saw the, the funds come through. But I did not see your note. And based on the timeline of when your uh, generous support came in, I assumed poorly that this was some sort of Christy Wise baseball T-shirt money laundering scheme because we were right <laughs> in the middle. We were right in the middle of Christy taking a couple of orders from people for sure who couldn't get to the Mariners game. And um, I, I thought this was some some back channel Mariners ticket money doings. Well, Christy's always got a lot of schemes going on, so I suppose that right, was reasonable. Right. <laughs> I really like Shannon's last name but, because uh, I like I like names that are verbs. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like Jocelyn. That's one Any of my other... favorites. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Shannon says, thank you for keeping on. I love your clip shows and the recap shows too. Your crew is awesome. Being that I'm here in North Carolina, I don't know if we ever might meet, but you guys do a super job and I appreciate it. Thank you, Shannon. I I have been to North Carolina one time to go to the Outer Banks, but you never know. I might come back and if I do, we'll get together. That's very cool. Very cool. That's where my wife uh, had her um, brain trauma that, that caused her to, uh, to eventually have uh, her cancer removed. So we have North Carolina to thank for that as well. I'm sure she'd love to go back and do a reunion tour to all the all the weird <laughs> places and weird things that happened to her. <laughs> That's a very strange reason to yeah. be fond Nostalgic. of North Carolina, but okay. Mike, I thought that you and I would go and reenact scenes from Bull Durham. Oh, that'd be awesome. Oh. Oh, See? God. See? I'd, love to, I'd, I'd love to run the bases in the rain in, on my uh, my new sticks. <laughs> All right. Well, Shannon, keep your calendar free because it sounds like we're coming to North Carolina. Yep. We have activities planned already. <laughs> um, Hillary, uh, you've got a big day coming up soon, and I feel like it's going to be an earthquake and the tremors are starting already. Is that right? Hmm. Apparently. So <laughs> so yesterday, yesterday, I had a bit of a midlife crisis. I bought a Lamborghini. No, I'm just kidding. But I um, I went to the mall with Bridget to buy new tennis shoes. And I passed icing, which is like, whatever. It's like Claire's, you know, like a shitty jewelry store. And I, for some reason, walked in there. And I have a second hole piercing in my left ear that I sometimes will wear something in. So I thought, oh, I need to get one. I want to I put it in. And then all of a sudden, I was like... I want to get a tri- I want to get my ear triple pierced. That's what I want to do. And Bridget was like, "What? Why?" So, I didn't want to get it done there because they're essentially like a preteen there with like a piercing gun. I'm like, I don't really want to do this here because yep. it seems a little a little nasty and I have a and teenage my- boy sitting on your chest while he's <laughs> trying to push a <laughs> earring post through earring with no through. needle. Ugh. So I just I just had it in my brain, and I texted my teen niece, the one that was on LRB a few months ago, and I said, would it be cool if I did this young teen? And she said, do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So with her with her permission, I went. So I kind of yelped it because because I'm almost forty. So what else am I going to do? Is yelp piercing places? So Bridget and I strolled down to South Lamar, which is I don't know, kind of a hipstery, you know, cool person area of Austin. And uh, I went to this place called Diablo Piercing with my six year old. I know um, I know exactly and- where that is. That is a very yes. hipster place, right? <laughs> yes. There. Oh my so goodness. So we went. We went in. It was very clean. Um, the guy, Michael Miracle, I'm like, is that your real name? Was my piercer. Um, and <laughs> I said, I just want to get my ear triple pierced. And he said, just the one? And I said, yeah, just the one. So um, anyway, so I sat down. I was actually very nervous because I hadn't gotten it done since I was, I don't know, 14 years old. And they don't do it with a gun anymore. It's like he just, like, it's not like Luke where, you know, he's just putting like a unsanitized needle in my ear but it was all very clean and he poked it through it didn't really I mean it felt like a pinch but the one thing was I'm very open to whatever kind of lifestyle anybody wants to lead and I'm very pleased with my triple pierced ear but the guy super nice but he had those like he didn't have them in, but he had like the stretched out earlobe thing. And I can't look at that. Like it makes me kind of want to faint. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the like gauges, oh, I guess is what they're called. We know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry if anybody members, has it. One of our founding I, members has gauges. I know, but his is not that. This guy's was like, I could fit my like fist through them basically. Like they're uh-huh. so droopy. And I was like, I can't look at you right now. Um, <laughs> Um, anyway, so whatever, but he was very nice. We talked about dogs. It was great. So now I have a triple pierced ear and I feel very cool and young and hip and that's my story. And I haven't told my mom yet cause I'm kind of scared. So this is how she's going to find out. <laughs> so while I'm almost 40, I'm still kind of scared of my mom. So that's it. Hillary, when you triple pierce, is it, is, do you do a couple of them up like in the cartilage? Up I, on the... I am far too much of a baby to do the cartilage because okay. that seems like okay. it would really hurt. I, I've just yeah. done it sort of – I'll send a pic. Uh, I, it was just sort of like in a line. It's really like – it is the least edgy thing in the world. This is as far as I'll go. Um, so I felt very, very much like I'm in my 20s all, all over again. I'll never get old. <laughs> never, ever. Uh. <laughs> That's it. And and stay tuned because I've got two weeks until I turn 40. So, you know, anything could happen. Like, Dave is just. You make some much worse choices. (laughs) All right. Well, we're behind on planning the birthday celebration. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to be able to get a parade. I know, guys. Get on it. There's got to be some kind of like parade in a box or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, but I don't want anything that I have to clean up. Like I want to have no, uh-huh. I see like <laughs> glitter popping out everywhere uh-huh. and then I have to clean right. it up. I don't want any of that. Yeah. No, just like Tootsie Rolls right, rolling well. to the curb for Rory to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll stay tuned to see how that goes. Um, <laughs> As far as throw your phone moments goes, we have one general one that I know Mike wants to discuss. This came in from Jolene. Jolene says, when did Cobrogan become a thing? 
Cobro is cute and makes sense. Cobrogan makes me think about Joe or Seth Rogan, neither of the neither of whom have anything to do with Andrew or TBTL. Makes me annoyed every time I hear it. What's wrong with just Cobro? Luke had to Burbank it and take it a step too far. I am not saying that that Burbank is not Burbanking it and taking it a step too far. I'm just saying that it has nothing to do with um, Seth Rogan or or Joe Rogan or any other Rogan. There was a quarterback on Hard Knocks this year. I think he was the fourth string. Yeah, probably the fourth string quarterback during um, Hard Knocks for the Cleveland Browns. Brogan Roback, first guy, guy's first name. <laughs> guy's first Brogan. name is Brogan. It's that that's not it's never not funny. Some guy named Brogan. And he did get quite a bit of play uh because they played so much in the preseason game because the deep guys get to play a little bit. And they like they like to um explore the stories of these guys that are most certainly being cut because there's a lot more emotions with their families and, and all that. So they zero in usually on three or four guys that if you're that guy and you've ever ever seen Hard Knocks before and they ask, hey, can we follow you around and talk to your family or whatever? Like, no, I'm trying to make the NFL. So yep. so I know that's for sure. I for sure won't make it if you follow me around. So that is uh, Brogan Roback out of Eastern Michigan. He he did get cut. I don't know what the hell he's doing now. I was trying to find a good picture of him because he looks like a child with a stubbly beard. And... I, I can't figure out whose tweet this is because it's a Google image search, but I found a great picture and it's captioned, damn, the kid from Jerry Maguire grew up to play in the NFL. Oh, right. <laughs> Giant head. Uh, I would use it as the fa- as the show picture, but I would be literally stealing an uncredited picture from someone's tweet. So I'll just post it to the Facebook page later. Come look. <laughs> Every time I ask him a question at the QB meet, QB meeting, he says, the human head weighs 25 pounds. <laughs> 28 with the helmet. Oh, yeah. He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a second wave millennial. Oh, Young God. millennial. <laughs> right. When did we get to the point that NFL players are young enough to be my children? Uh, now, pretty much. I was gonna say we're we're already there. <laughs> Jake Busey is I mean, a good call. It. Jake Busey is a depending good depending on how much. Yeah. Depending on how much fun he had in high school, we're already there. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, this line of chat is making me yep really depressed about my age. So uh, why don't we go on to the weekend review? Let's beat up on Luke and Andrew for a while, yeah. so we can feel better about ourselves. Who I'll start. <laughs> We'll do Monday, 27-44, ugly wins and beautiful losses. Uh, I have more notes than I put in the run sheet here, and I'll try to get to them all. Full confession, this show was a long time ago in my mind. Uh, Luke and Andrew are at the mothership. They're at APM, and they're in a real studio, and their boss is watching from a control room behind glass but can't hear them, which... Might be good or might be bad for them. That's weird. Uh, 
just just staring at them. Yeah. I don't know if these guys are really doing anything. I'm going to make them sit here and pretend to do a show for an hour and a half or two and a half It's hours. like a cat watching a goldfish bowl. Right. right. We let the cat out on the porch now that's screened in, and, and, and she'll just sit there and watch freaking birds for hours. At least she can hear them, though. Yeah. Uh, we start with travel talk uh, because the guys watched – the Seahawks game at the Eagles together in Seattle. Uh, and Luke made the, what he considers, I think the big boy decision to oh leave God. the Eagles at a responsible time with Andrew to go to the airport rather than letting Andrew go ahead to keep his nerves in check and Luke going later <laughs> and cutting it close. Um, that, that would be ridiculous, right? Because Andrew immediately says, Oh no, that would have been fine if we went separately because of that. <laughs> It would be pretty dickish to be like, no, 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 I'll go when I think it's ready to go. Uh, You go on ahead, Andrew. Uh, This leads to a whole conversation about being a Luke or an Andrew when it comes to getting to the airport early versus late. How you manage your time in your life. I feel like I'm generally a Luke, like in personality, but I'm fully an Andrew as far as getting to the airport. Like that stresses me out. I want to be there. I want to get through everything. And who cares if you're sitting and like reading a magazine for a couple hours, like, or whatever, an Mm -hmm. hour. Like it's, I don't know. I would rather that than the massive stress that it causes further down the line. Or getting hammered at the bar before you board your flight, which is something I just, I don't understand (laughs) why you want to get drunk before you get on the airplane. Uh, I kind of understand it, but that's because I'm in airports a lot. (laughs) I guess I'm uh, I'm an Andrew because I missed a flight once. I was flying back from Seattle. This was a couple trips ago, and and I almost had a heart attack. You know, driving to the airport, I was stuck just from beginning to end, stuck, 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 and just getting yeah. more stressed out, more stressed out because I was, you know, I was I decided I was going to get there an hour before the flight instead of two, and of course I missed my plane. But then I all I had to do was like plunk down thirty five dollars. I got a direct flight, and I was home like five hours sooner than I was hoping to be. And I was like, "Oh, well, that worked out." But I had flop sweated through through my Cleveland Browns t shirt already. So you're more on that to come. So you're 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 an Andrew with cause, even though you pulled off a perfect Luke, you got yeah. to the airport, missed your flight and ended right. up negotiating a better deal for yourself. <laughs> and it all worked out. They gave me a skateboard to go down to the gate with <laughs> a rental skateboard. Yeah. I'm definitely, definitely an Andrew. I mean, I don't get to the, the airport three hours ahead of anything, but no. I definitely want to make sure that I, uh, that I'm not sweating it on the way yeah. there. I, I know exactly the feeling that you're talking about, Mike, where you're just like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And I don't mm-hmm. want to feel that. So, Yeah, I'm definitely an Andrew. I would rather, especially in Boston traffic, it's usually coming home oh. to Buffalo. That's my problem. Right. So my flight's usually at 8 p.m. And I can choose to either go before rush hour and then hang out in the airport, have dinner and get some work done or spend an hour and a half trying to get to Logan in time to not miss my flight. I would mm-hmm. much rather get there earlier and hang out. Um, my morning flights are a little tight 
uh, but it's just the Buffalo airport. So it's a 20 minute drive to the airport from here. It takes me about three minutes to get through security. So we leave here at 440 in the morning. This is why Sam is the best wife ever. She drives me. Oy. Get to the airport at 5 a.m. through security for a flight that starts boarding at 530. Um, but oh. there's no one there. Uh, occasionally I get stuck behind a whole lot of families going to Florida or something. But uh-huh. uh, the security line moves pretty quick at five in the morning because absolutely nobody wants to be dawdling. Well, Bobby, you just demand that the TSA opens up the pre-check line then, right? Because you're better <laughs> than all of those other people. I am better than all of those people. And I do go through the pre-check line, but the pre-check line has gotten longer and longer. It's still fine, uh, except for the one time a guy insisted I take off my belt with the plastic buckle as if I was an amateur. Oh, jeez. <laughs> The belt I bought specifically for flying so I wouldn't have to take it off and be the guy whose pants are falling down going through security. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what so. I was going to say was the three-hour thing, getting there. I mean, wanting to get there at that time, I I understand the I understand the neuroses behind that, I guess. But um, the thing is, if you get to the airport three hours or or you're trying to get to the airport three hours early and you end up only getting there like two hours early say there is a problem well if there's a big enough problem at the airport that's going to delay everyone by two hours no flights are going anywhere you know what i mean you you have to apply some logic to say i don't need to be there if there's some huge thing that's going to hold up the entire airport you know what i mean because it's never going to take me more than yeah, an hour like, to uh, get to the airport so like one of the runways being out at SeaTac. <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know, like like there's such a lineup at the TSA because something happened, you know. Well, all the flights are empty, you know, and it's not my fault <laughs> and it's not I'm not going to be charged. It's not, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I get being cautious, but just being ridiculous, though, you know, and it would be kind of annoying. I, I'm going to take Luke's side a little bit on this. It would be kind of annoying to be watching a game with a guy and we have a flight at – five o'clock and he's trying to leave at two thirty or two you know could we just finish the first half nope my bags are packed let's go oh well I, seattle traffic i don't every time i've been to seattle getting to SeaTac has yeah, been it's bad it is bad yeah uh i one luke thing i do channel is that you know not to be fancy but i have you know lounge access passes and I do like to go be Luke and just get my soup bowl full of cheese cubes mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever <laughs> and and graze my free dinner of, of bourbon and snacks uh, before I fly home to Buffalo. So getting there early also has that advantage. I mean, I'm also just cheap, Mike. You can appreciate that. Oh, so sure. I can either buy dinner before I go to the airport or I can go to the airport and eat a free dinner of uh, hors d'oeuvres. So I can dig it. Some more dazzling details from this. Uh, in addition to airport anxiety, Luke tells us about his routine of starting to get ready to go to the airport, getting undressed to get in the shower, then getting distracted by something and finding himself in his office naked and distracted. He sounds like Bridget. Like, that's what she does. I'm like, go brush your teeth, go potty, change into your pajamas. And I go in there and she's like playing with some random like veterinary toy that she has, like pretend vet dog thing and she's naked i'm like what are you doing this is not in the order of operations that is luke at first i wanted to imagine that he was going around in his underwear um 
because he said he took his clothes off and I'm like, well, surely he's still wearing his underwear. But it turned out to be wishful thinking on my part as Andrew asked a probing question about whether or not he's sitting on his office furniture. Um, and Luke admitted it. He was going bare assed on it. So if you ever get to go to Luke's house, bring a towel to put down. No, I hope he doesn't have a white chair. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually weird. He's got a white chair um, that's made out of cheap cotton, but he has like two dozen of them. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Bleaching. (laughs) I believe it is Andrew who refers to uh, Graham Chapman. From the birds, meaning Graham Parsons, mm-hmm. and this led to our first Throw Your Phone of the Week. Uh, this came in on Tuesday. This is from listener Kat. The boys just said Graham Chapman was someone Andrew made up. Monty Python. Yeah, pretty famous guy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm going to skip any more birds talk because I get a little overwhelmed there. Luke talks about the movie <laughs> Blaze, Ethan Hawke movie. Uh, and he recommends it and I haven't seen it or seen anything about it except what Luke said. So sure. Uh, Emily and Colin saw it and Emily desperately wants to see it again. Um, there is a, uh, from the tour bus by Mike judge. There's at least one, maybe two episodes on blaze Foley and it's pretty fascinating. Some really great music, very poorly recorded. A lot of it very poorly recorded. (laughs) Oh, and Ethan Hawke, uh, Hillary, you probably heard him on the Bill Simmons podcast. Yeah. He was great. He was so great. I want. I wanted to hate him so much because it is on-screen persona. I'm like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. No, super guy. And they went through that. He went through his whole IMDb with Simmons for like two hours and told all kinds yeah, no, of great stories. He was great and funny and you know self-aware enough. Mm-hmm. And I think Luke has mm-hmm. this idea of him from like. 1995 basically when he was yeah you know i think he grows an up author quote but yeah he's super seems super cool and um you know as down to earth as you're gonna be i mean he did leave his wife for the babysitter so like negative why on you that guys tell he me these details issues with why do you why but <laughs> <laughs> he has some issues with marital fidelity but other than that <sighs> he seems great uh but no he seems he but seems really cool and and isn't has, marital has infidelity now just like that's a that you can get by with that now because there's so much all this other horrible things are coming about because you can always do the the what about that guy you know like sure yeah. oh you're looking at me about yeah, going out with what? a babysitter but hey what about Harvey Weinstein over here huh well, look let's redirect <laughs> when the wife when the wife in question is Uma Thurman yeah I'd never liked like, Uma well, Thurman though I question that <laughs> well hmm. I you know I she is certainly not my type but. A lot of dudes seem to be into oh, her. Oh, man. She seems so annoying. <laughs> she I deserved mean, it. No, I'm not saying she deserved it. I mean, I just don't. you don't get together with a chick like that in the first place. Because, I mean, an, an annoying chick. I, I didn't never even thought she was that hot. And if she's then you then you mm-hmm. go with annoying. Then what am I doing here? And where's the babysitter? God. <laughs> just never babysit for your heroes. or do (laughs) got a good shot (laughs) yeah all right we there's so much monday left um sorry (laughs) we haven't even gotten to the top story yet uh some 90s comedy talk leads to luke saying 
uh, talking about the Kool-Aid jug, quote unquote, coming through the wall. <laughs> oh, God. Several times. <laughs> the Kool-Aid jug. You know, that man who's a jug, the Kool-Aid jug. <laughs> That's what we call Rory when he busts in our room in the morning. We call him the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. man, not the jug, the Kool-Aid man, because he just like roars into our room. But yeah, mm-hmm. Luke. Have you like, considered like not learning. having a brick wall for a door? <laughs> <laughs> Every a poorly constructed time we have 70s to home. <laughs> All right, to the top story. This is to Gilbert, Minnesota. Is that correct, Dan? I'm assuming you're the resident local expert. Gilbert? I don't know. I don't know where Gilbert is. I'll some help you are. They probably have Heggie's <laughs> Pizza. Uh, drunk birds in Gilbert. Warnings that the birds are eating fruit that's fermenting uh, after falling off the trees and getting hammered and then flying around like drunk birds. What was that deal about the New York Times saying the birds weren't actually drunk? Is there something, some other, they're just using another name for drunken behavior? Or is it actually a different thing? Are they like sick? I mean... They seem to want to debunk the idea of drunk birds, but they sure seems like drunk birds. Coastal elite bias nonsense. (laughs) Smells like a drunk bird. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert is way up there. Okay. That's practically Canada. They're getting the the high percentage, um, alcohol percentage berries up there near Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The 5.6%. Uh, I think the real dazzling detail of this tangent uh, from the top story was that Carrie turned a glass jug with a spout on it, a lemonade server, into a, what I, I think I wrote, hospice terrarium <laughs> for a salamander. Was the question ever answered as to whether this hospice terrarium has been reinstalled as a lemonade server, or was that it for the... Uh... I, I'm sure a good bleaching, like like that fixes sure. anything else, would also fix sure. this. But okay, uh, I I'm I'm okay if this just gets retired. Yeah, also, those not things expensive. are a pain in the ass. I I've purchased those many times for catering things for work, and you use them about twice, and then either the spout breaks or it yeah. leaks, or they never they never live up to expectations. Yeah. Uh, more top stories. We've got the Banksy art stunt auctioned off and then shredded right after auctioning. Uh, this leads uh, to some commentary about contemporary art in general and a shot at John Cage, quote, get a load of this. I'm not going to bore you all with contemporary music chatter, but um, there's more to John Cage than silence. Uh, this also ties into the Billy Kwan sketch from Almost Live. Mind your manners with Billy Kwan. Well, that's right. a reference Hus- that meant to any of us that were outside the <laughs> right. Seattle area. That's why I'm glad we have Mike here. Uh, and then the no point could, uh, did anyone have any hot banks he takes? He's so cool. Ugh. He's so edgy. Mm. Away. I mean, it all worked out for the lady. I think it was a lady that bought the piece. Right. That right? just quintupled in, the end, the- in value after it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I and they were all, Luke and Andrew were like, "Well, what should they do?" And I was like, "Well, if she hasn't actually written the check, so to speak, yet, she can just be like, "I don't want that heap of scraps now." But I mean, God, I don't understand modern art at all. 
I don't know if it uh, was the Stens page or somewhere else, but I saw a picture floating around Facebook of uh, a, a female, I believe, wearing a white T-shirt with the print that was the art print on it, but it's fringed from about halfway down, and God. it's being billed as a Halloween costume. It's pretty high concept. <laughs> sure. That's going like to be like all over Brooklyn, I'm sure. Uh, all right, no point conversion. Uh, the music sounds good because Luke's not using his usual dirty knob. He's in studio. Um, these are just the highlights. Uh, more, quote, let Russell be Russell is good in their eyes. Uh, the Browns are are uh, better than the Seahawks right now on paper based on nothing but record. Uh, the Seahawks held in there in their loss and thus are still amazing and faultless. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, lowering the bar to the point where the Browns feel like a successful team feels so good. I I have to defend Luke a little bit on this. I think y'all have been pretty hard on him, at least we in the chat and everything. Um, the Seahawks were supposed to get demolished in that game. And they're supposed to be at a point in the franchise where they're they're crumbling, which they are largely crumbling. But they showed a lot more fight in that game than anyone who follows the Seahawks would have thought. And I mean, I didn't get to see all but the last bit of it because, um, because I don't pirate things. I'm not a criminal. I retired from (laughs) doing bad things in 1993, but I, I saw the end of it and, and just, I think what y'all are missing is just the feels of it. Not you're, you got the optics, you got, you, you know what you see and it's a loss but that's not how it felt. Okay, that's might be true and I hear you. Except that Luke literally says this every single time this the Seahawks know. like lose. So like if it had been the first time I'd be like, "Okay, fine. Like I yeah. get it. You're, you're you know, it's they're making you see glimmers of hope, but mm-hmm. they lost the Super Bowl and he was still like they made the right call." And I'm like, "But they lost, so they didn't they- actually make the right call." I will um, defend him so- on that too. He did make the right call, and God. and and there is a, there's a think tank um, that Malcolm Gladwell uh, went to for one of his revisionist history stories, and that was one of the things they talked about. Is there's these guys? There's like 48 PhDs in the room, and they all just go over each other's like probability tables and this and that. And and uh, one thing that that they're very passionate about is that the play call was not a bad call. And I agree they with them on lost. that. They, they lost. lost. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> Second guessing, Monday morning quarterbacking, whatever. Marshawn Lynch is not a good goal line back. He's not a good short yardage back. Never anyway, has been. But, never will be. But what I'm, say- what I'm saying is I get what you're saying about this particular game, but he just does it every single time. That That's yeah. kind of one of the reasons why I do- he's such a homer about it that I mm-hmm. like – it's hard for me to listen because it's – I mean, it's just because Luke's not good about talking about sports, so it's just kind of hard to listen to sometimes. But yeah. I'm like, God, man, come on. Just like have a little bit of perspective on the team. Not necessarily <laughs> right? this exact time, but like every other time. It's just as like – but they have this, and they, ha- you know, it's, the, it, and he just kind of sounds like a dummy. Well, he's just it. the boy who cried good effort. It's just gotten a little <laughs> tired. Snack dad. He's out there. He's firing everyone up, doing a lot of clapping like Jason Garrett. Oh, God. I mean, give me a break. You know, you don't go I, for it at fourth I, and one. Jesus Christ. 
there's been a distinct lack of uh, of orange slices on the sidelines during Seahawks games. I've been watching. I never see orange slices or orange wedges. This is the problem. Yeah, that's what Earl Thomas no was really Sun. upset about. <laughs> He's flipping no off the snack, snack dad. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, snack dad. That's it for Monday. Well, this has been fascinating. <laughs> but uh, come on, Ann, you don't want to go a little longer long. on this. Right. <laughs> oh no, I you know right. I cut the cord. I'm out on the no point conversion. I'm sure it was real interesting. <clears throat> Let's go to Tuesday, number 2745, <laughs> the Applebee's of our minds. Uh, Luke is rocking a Lipton Diet green tea citrus for absolutely no reason that it was in the vending machine. And he thought, oh, I guess I'm going to get that. And it's pretty good. And he gives Andrew a sip. And um, I was grossed out. And I don't know why. I think it was the thought of Andrew putting those bearded lips, bearded lips. <laughs> onto uh, so Luke's bottle. <laughs> I would share a beverage with any of you guys. No problem. I'm not squeamish about that stuff. But when Andrew took the sip, I was like, huh, no, gross. <laughs> but can you imagine if, share drinks? if Luke made him pour it into his mouth without touching it? <laughs> <laughs> That's always weird. Whenever I try to do something like that, I like... I, choke on whatever it is i'm you know it's yeah. like it 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 circumvents the process of drinking to the point where it's like the the water is too quickly hitting the the little punching bag in the back of my throat it needs to go past my bearded lips first for me to process it ah. <clears throat> the little punching bag i like that yeah um when we move on to andrew's beverage choice of coke zero we immediately got Several throw your phones on his commentary uh, from Justina. Just to get this off my chest, three fifty plus three fifty equals seven dollars, not six seven. And also from Heather, Andrew, three fifty plus three fifty equals seven every time. As he went into this story about how he paid three fifty for his Coke Zero, and then something occurred, and he paid another three fifty and didn't get a second one. I don't know. What I want to know about this is what vending machine is he going to that charges him three fifty for a Coke Zero? Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. That's wild. That can't be right. They just raised the prices at the university here and it went to two dollars. So unless Coca Cola Corporation is gouging APM. <laughs> Maybe it's some sort of jam uh, fund for the next raccoon. On that uh, finds its way I on the guess. side of the building. Maybe. <laughs> and did that price go up at all the vending machines or just the one they know you go to? <laughs> Captive audience. Um... The Diet Coke is 1975 now. 1975. <laughs> Dynamic Diet Coke pricing. I don't I don't think that I've checked all the other vending machines around campus. I just got to go to the McDonald's if I wasn't so embarrassed to be that woman that always buys the Diet Coke because it's only a dollar there. <laughs> Didn't getting... you learn this lesson from when Luke used to get meals and two drinks so that they would think it's for <laughs> right. multiple people and how the people who work the drive through at a McDonald's could not give a shit less about what you <laughs> order? Well, we all have our own hang-ups, Bobby. That's true. I'm I, reaching I, uh, norm status at the um, seafood, the southern seafood trailer truck near our house. They <laughs> they see me coming and they put some crawfish right down in the grease. 
That's not the seafood buffet. You're not getting just the, <laughs> oh, the God. sesame chicken. Well, I, I haven't gotten mad yet today. Now you got to bring up that seafood buffet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's go to this week. Things that we're mad about this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. We, it is Monday night. They're recording on Monday night because Luke is doing this one day trip to indianapolis on tuesday and they are almost alone in the building so this is an edition of tbtl night moves they talk about how the staff in the building all the other people there are very unconcerned that there are two big strange men walking around with lanyards that they've never seen before nobody has said to them are you guys supposed to be here and uh, that's just totally minnesotan they're white it's because we're like it's none of my business yeah it's not. It's nothing to do with me, so I'm not getting into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have this plan to go to Mancini's tonight. They are very, very, very excited about it. I mean, I feel like we've all heard enough about Mancini's at this point that we can get the flavor of it. Um, it it is a very old grandpa type restaurant. If I was picking a steak joint in the Twin Cities, I'd pick Murray's. But then I realized that it is much classier, and Luke and Andrew kind of like that scuzzball mm-hmm. vibe, and the food is really expensive. Like, the what is the, it's called the silver butter knife steak at Murray's, so named because you can cut it with a silver butter knife, and it's a two-person portion. It's like $115 Dang. or something like that. And when Luke is going to get his steak cooked to jerky... That's kind of a waste of a good cut of meat. So Mancini's is probably the right choice for them. Uh, Luke is hung up. This does also come back throughout the week about how the Mancini's website refers to it as karaoke and not karaoke. That is a rural Minnesota, Wisconsin thing. You see that all over the place, like in your legions, in your VFWs, they all call it karaoke. I I don't know where that came from. Just they can't pronounce karaoke because it has unexpected combinations of vowels in there isn't the true japanese pronunciation karaoke i didn't i don't know this but i no. i thought it was okay it's not okay karaoke that's how i'll say it from now on i, uh, I won't exactly. get any looks it's like you gotta say ikea instead of ikea croissant that's what i like to say when i'm at the bakery <laughs> Uh, The top story is really a big nothing burger, I thought, today. They're talking about an interview that Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark in Game of Thrones, gave, where she talked about a bunch of different things that they seem fascinated by, about how she and Maisie Williams are BFFs and stay together and have sleepovers and get high, and how Sophie had to really... I forget if this was her uh, way of saying it or if this was Luke that she really had to turn it up in her audition to be like the most her that she'd ever been in order to sell herself for the part. And Luke brings up his Molson commercial where apparently he and the mummy uh, did that as well. It's like they were the most young traveling beer drinking that you ever possibly could be. Gin stealing. Sorry. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the the most interesting thing I think that came out of this that I had not heard before was that DJ Tuna got cut mm-hmm. from the commercial uh, in that they brought in another girl and then they decided they had too many girls. So they cut DJ Tuna <laughs> and then they brought in another guy anyway. 
Um, yeah, that that would be a tough one. It sounds like she was very gracious about it. And she's like, no, no, I still want you guys to do it because it's a great opportunity. But man. Whenever I see ouch. women switched around real fast in casting, unknown women, uh, makes me think something bad happened. Like somebody, mm. hmm, I don't know. Just, That's not a bad thought. There, there are some ways into the business that I don't think DJ Tuna would would uh, would do, but I don't know. Mm-mm. I think I'm just being an old Weinstein thinking that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luke said that of all of them, she's probably the most successful. I did Google her. She, yep, she's pretty successful. So, I guess that didn't impact her life forever. She's really but great. Still, that is a blow to the ego. Uh, they go back to Game of Thrones some more and talk about the secrecy around the shooting schedule and how they had like fake scenes and fake names for everybody and a drone killer to get up there and take down all the drones that the paparazzi would send up. Of, I don't, of course, of course. I don't understand why people are so focused on getting spoilers for Game of Thrones anyway. I don't want to be spoiled. I want to see it when it's finished and it comes on the TV and I can enjoy it that way. I don't I don't wanna get the advanced scoop. It would be a pretty fun job to be the like the secrecy coordinator. You know, you get to make <laughs> up all this bullshit and then you get to just drop drones out of the sky with a bazooka or however you want to handle it. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> Her anti aircraft yeah. surface to air missile. Yeah. Uh, they move on to talking about some podcast stuff. That podcast, Dirty John, is becoming a TV show with Eric Bana and Connie Britton. I wish I had Bravo so that I could watch that because I'll watch Eric Bana in anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Connie Britton. She's great. Mm-hmm. Um, she has great hair. She's fa- Yeah, I, the casting is on point yeah. for that show. Uh, Luke finished Dr. Death. And he seems to like it somewhat better. I don't know. He still seemed to be a little bit ambivalent. But uh, he talks about how the real theme of that podcast was about tort reform. He talks about tort reform for way longer than I needed to hear him talk about that. But the problems with having these bad actors who the hospitals are not willing to make a stand on. Uh, They'd rather just move them on to someplace else rather than open themselves up to any kind of lawsuit or criticism or sort of being involved in any way with what this person does and where they go. I guess I can see it as a, uh, a risk management point, but it's certainly a shitty thing to do to potential patients. You do really see it if you if you end up in the hospital a lot, like I have over the last few years. Uh, you see, there there are a lot of bad doctors and some bad nurses, and and nothing ever happens to them. You know, yep. nothing ever happens to them. They're there. Oh, I'm back. I'm back at St. David's again. Oh, there's that asshole again. Oh no, I, I hope this doctor isn't working. Oh no, there he is. Oh geez, that nurse, she's the worst. Uh, of course, I'm going to be working with her for 40 hours this week. It's ridiculous. Of course. And Texas is in particular, Texas is really, and Dr. Death takes place in Dallas, and Texas mm-hmm. in particular is really, really bad about, well, tort reform was like a big, you know, deal, and you really can't, you can't really sue doctors that much. I mean, you're not going to get what you think you get. And at the no. sort of end of the show, it's like, you would think that if your child dies, like you would, one of the like, small benefits would be that you would 
probably make money if it was like the doctor's fault, but it's they're so protected here that you don't you don't get really get no. anything. No lawyers around lawyers in Texas usually they'll they'll just pat you on the head and and send yep. you along <laughs> even if you have legitimate claims like Emily with her brain tumor and getting fired. I mean, she talked to a lawyer and 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 he was like, eh, I could send him a sternly worded letter, but you're probably not going to get anything. Dang. All right, thanks. Just over here taking vitamins and looking at essential oils because now I'm afraid to ever see a doctor again. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine in New York. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I, there it's is Hillary a, fine. a reason to protect. <laughs> There's a reason to protect doctors from frivolous yeah, lawsuits, right? For sure. And sure. Somebody who's loved one died and they're upset and they want to make someone pay for it as opposed to a doctor who made a mistake. So it's hard to hit that balance there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're on the wrong side of that at this point. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the New York times piece on time realists versus time optimists. Uh, was anybody confused as to which of these categories Luke and Andrew <laughs> fell into? <laughs> no. Yeah. This was this one. We saw this one trotting up on the horizon for sure. Yep. We certainly did. If Luke would like to become a time realist, there are a few tips for him. He should pause and think before he accepts new gigs. Uh, he should not overpromise, and he should plan three days out on his time. I can people learn to do this stuff? I, this is stuff that I just do naturally. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to stop and think whether I have the time to do something, but I just don't know if that's something that's trainable. Probably not. Old dogs, you know. You can hire a new assistant. That would help. (laughs) Well, and let's be honest, this has worked for Luke in his life. He's plenty successful. He's got the charm to get away with being 20 minutes late for every meeting or missing meetings with his boss's boss that he specifically rescheduled and he's gotten away with that his whole life what's his incentive to change yeah it doesn't stress him out either though that would be my incentive to change is is if it you know my my disorganization led to any stress but it doesn't seem to so why why bother Mm -hmm. Uh, they get into the topic of Uh, rote tasks, mundane tasks versus creative tasks and how Andrew really enjoys going through and doing that kind of, not busy work, but you know, that administrative stuff I do too. I would do expense reports all day. I mean, I know Phyllis would rather like impale herself in the neck (laughs) of the fork than do her expense (laughs) reports. I I would happily do expense reports. I think it's something about like making order out of chaos and getting everything all lined up and filled out and i loved it but for a different reason and that was i want my money i mean i'll fill out an expense (laughs) report like two seconds after i get back from the trip because i'm like you're not hanging on to my money i'm sorry yeah no that's mine i'm getting it i would i would think that that would be more of a driving factor for luke Mm -hmm. but apparently the dislike of actually sitting down and taking the time and he has to make a whole event out of doing expense reports like he has to get the wine and put on the particular soundtrack to do it i'm like what why well just put on a podcast and get it done um but they make the point that creativity is hard it's hard to sit down and think okay now i'm gonna be 
funny. Yeah. Now I'm going to be creative. So you can take comfort in doing the mindless stuff that uh, gets you all stacked up and ready to go and in the right frame of mind to be creative. So I thought this was a pretty interesting conversation. Um, two people that fall on the opposite ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. for that. Uh, they talk briefly about how 30 Rock is the Applebee's of the mind for Andrew and Genevieve. They've talked about this phrase before, the Applebee's of the mind, that came from when they went to see the ring. And it was so scary that afterwards, <laughs> Genevieve just wasn't capable of going to a restaurant that would require anything from her. She was like, I just want to go to Applebee's, <laughs> which I respect. Mm-hmm. My Applebee's of the mind is a great British baking show. When I am sad or stressed or anything, I will watch that. <laughs> I'll six episodes of that and I feel better. So I'm down with it. Someone yeah, just talked about like, that on the, on the new episode, scary. the new season of Big Mouth. They talked about the British baking show being like a, you know, it was like a drug for whoever was talking about it. Yep. And for me, it's Seinfeld. It I can put on that TBS and just, you know. <laughs> I no longer have thoughts. It's just take me away. Uh, mine is, I think, Bravo slash HGTV slash Candy mm. Crush. Like that sort of like, I, <laughs> right. I need, Dave always teases me for playing it, but I like it makes me not have to think about anything except moving the little candies around to make yeah, Emily still plays it away. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. She gave me a life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was very sweet and unexpected. I was really excited. I needed one. Uh, NCIS. I think we already knew that was yeah. my answer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Completely brainless. It's great. And the thing about NCIS is it's like when they paint the Golden Gate Bridge. By the time they get to the end, they have to go back to the beginning and start painting again. You have so many seasons mm-hmm. you can watch. Oh, yeah. That by the time you get to the last one, you're like, wait, what happened in season Yeah, one? I can't even remember that. Let's go back. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, finally, on Tuesday, there's a voicemail from Rev Rob in Saskatchewan. I just, Saskatchewan. Love the way he says that. Uh, he calls Andrew Matt several times and says that he needs to give the leftover bean dip to his dog. Uh, and my takeaway from this was that Rev Rob was not entirely sober when but, he left this message. But only 50% wrong. He got the name wrong, but, but uh, right. the good tip. Yeah. If Andrew had a dog, that would be more helpful. Well, if, if, he, if he had a pair on him, he'd have, he'd have a dog and he would be able to watch the Olympics. <laughs> Sorry, is there a chance? Is that too strong? All right. That Rev Rob is in some sort of Canadian Run DMC cover band, <laughs> right? Uh, we'll figure that out. All right. Uh, let's go to Wednesday, and I'm gonna blow through this since we were like, this will be a short one, and we're already an hour in. Um, okay, Wednesday, twenty-seven forty-six. A duck blind of lucite. Um, Stu's in the studio with them. I just have a quick question. The way they were describing where Andrew was sitting, is he like Robin and on like Howard Stern? Like, is he in like a box? Is that like, he, he was that yeah. one day. Yeah. That's, I that's, that's, I think yeah, that's how that's they were. This day. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was trying to imagine it in my head. Um, that they were talking about. The term meeting... is more of a Roz. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I think that's true. I think it's that's a, a good call. <laughs> Um, 
Oh yeah, that's right. Because was Jen in the like box? No, was she, she was in she a was box in... inside the studio, and then Sean was in the control room on the okay. other side. They were both okay. behind glass, looking at Luke, <laughs> <laughs> but they could so hear him. Weird. Okay, um, Luke is talking about how he, um, you know, they're meeting new people at APM, and he was. I think he was confused. He said the guy was a Yankees fan. He made fun of him, but which was like, why did he do this? It's this guy that's like could be beneficial to him, and he's like already kind of razzing him. I mm-hmm. feel like maybe he was a Red Sox fan because then it turns out that Andrew or he like the guy was giving Andrew shit because he was a Pats fan. He was like, uh, you know, talking about the 2015 Super Bowl. So I can't, I'm confused about the allegiances because that doesn't seem right. But anyway, if it was the you same can't guy, be a Yankees fan and a yeah. Pats fan, if that I mean, is the same can. guy, he's an asshole. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that would be threading I, quite a needle. To people. It really would. And but, a Cowboys uh, fan too. I love the Cowboys. <laughs> Um, but people do yell at you for being a Pats fan, and I know that it's like rooting for Darth <laughs> Vader. But I get it; I totally get it. But whatever, people need to shut up. We've been to you have to take it. Goals. I know you have I to know. take it. I know, I know. Um, so they're like being dicks to this guy, but it seemed like he kind of liked it, and you know, it was an enjoyable interaction. Um, they talk about axe tossing. And this is like spreading like wildfire because I just saw an Instagram story from one of my friends in Dallas and there they go they were axe tossing, which I'm scared of darts, so I'm not gonna participate in this. <laughs> I don't understand. It just seems like the dumbest <laughs> hipster thing ever. Yep. Seriously. Why why are we mixing beer and axe tossing with some bro? dudes that are trying to like you know like luke always talks about how he wants to like get back to like how men were kind of you know make men great again i guess like be this kind of sturdy dude and i'm like no it's okay you don't have to prove anything we get it i want to go into one of these places there's one in austin you say oh uh, yeah 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 I, I'll uh, i'm gonna go into this place with some like austin blind guy glasses on and and uh, and and uh, Kane and say, all right, I'm I'm ready for action again. I'm finally out of the hospital. Let's go. Let's do this. Grab your axe by the blade. I got my settlement from the place in Dallas. They're out of business, but now I can get back into axe axe throwing or catching oh my in my case. Um, there. So, who do you think has um? Uh, more insurance: the axe tossing places or the trampoline places? Oh. Trampoline, 100%. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I feel like the axe places are all owned by, like, some rando dude that, you know, doesn't really, like, care that much. He's like, this will just be awesome. But the, the, you have too many kids involved in the trampoline places. You have to be insured. True. To the The hill. The axe throwing places are all owned by people who had mystery escape rooms that didn't last. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) No one ever escaped. It was awful. <laughs> um, there was a little side note about how they take off a piece of Kyra's dolls, like of the like the cutout of him. They take off a piece of clothes for every one million listener downloads that when the dark <laughs> in the dark gets. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a funny major. Tell me more and, uh, about this disrobing. <laughs> and Kai really like he's a he's a theme throughout this week. Um, comes back in on Friday, but uh, yeah, I thought that was a funny major league. 
uh, nod. And then we get into Mancini's stories. Uh, the people were nice. Andre the Giant drank a ton there. Um, it just seemed like a lot of old Minnesota stories. There was a couple of things that, I, you know, not to be gendered, I don't really care that much about wrestling. It seemed like boy stuff. I, like, recognize names. I mean, obviously I know who Andre the Giant is, but I don't really know who Baron Von Raschke is. Like, that was not somebody <laughs> I was super aware of. But he was a hey, wrestler before, and sometimes PE teacher, I guess. Before we get to that guy who's a maniac, when Andrew made the joke about, uh, like, what would Mrs. the Giant say about something, <laughs> I thought it was a funny joke. And then it started to make me sad because I'm pretty sure that he never he never had a wife. So I went to his Wikipedia page, and I have to read you one of the greatest uh, paragraphs I've ever seen on anyone on Wikipedia. And Andre the Giant, his real last name was uh, Rusimov. Yeah. Rusimov has officially been crowned, quote, the greatest drunk on earth for once consuming 119 12 U.S. fluid ounce beers over, uh, oh, sorry, 100, 119 12 fluid ounce beers in six hours. On an episode of WWE's Shit. Legends of Wrestling, Mike Graham said Rusinov once drank 156 U.S. fluid ounce, um, 16 U.S. fluid ounce beers in one sitting, which was confirmed by Dusty Rhodes. The fabulous Moolah wrote in her autobiography that Rusinov drank 127 beers in Reading, Pennsylvania Hotel Bar and later passed out in the lobby. The staff could not move him. He was 7'4", about 550 pounds. The staff could not move him, and he had to... and and had to leave him there until he awoke. A tale recounted by Carrie Elwes in his book about the making of the Princess Bride has Rusimov falling on top of somebody while drunk, after which the NYPD sent an undercover officer to follow Rusimov around whenever he went out drinking in their city to make sure he did not fall on anyone again. Uh, another story also says that prior to his WrestleMania three match, Andre drank 14 bottles of wine. A legend exists surrounding Rusimov's 1987 surgery in which his size made it impossible for the anesthesiologist to estimate a dosage via standard methods. Uh, consequently, his alcohol tolerance was used as a guideline instead, which has become a widely used measuring tool in medicine. Huh. So I guess if, I mean, I guess I guess he contributed to medicine in that way in that they just knew the regular anesthesia, <laughs> anesthesia wasn't going to do this guy. So... Uh, so Dirty John had to come what off I some of his stash. Is, <laughs> what I want to know is how did they get such precise counts for how many Empties, beers? Dead soldiers. He Isn't amps. anybody else drinking too? Right. I mean, who's going to go through and be like 119, <laughs> 120, 121? Uh, if you know you have the greatest drunk on earth in your restaurant uh, for a night, you're counting. Come on now. All right. He's and also the only asshole drinking Michelob Ultra, so everybody else is drinking <laughs> Michelob <you know. laughs> Ultra. He would have been the greatest spokesman in the world for Michelob Ultra. You'd just be like, that's never passed your lips. I'm sorry. It's never passed your giant lips, past your fuzzy teeth. Oh, oh my gosh. All right. Well, it sounds like it was a it was a great time. Uh, lots of wrestlers <laughs> passing through, and then uh, – I guess the, the guy wanted to get rid of Luke and Andrew so much that he gave them a ride back to their ho respective hotels. Which, by the way, it's weird that they're staying in different hotels, but that's another whole thing. Yes. Um, it's odd. Um, 
then well because andrew's gonna go for the budget hotel and luke's gonna go for the luxury hotel yes. right yeah i think so luke's gonna pick something absolutely at the top of the range that apm's gonna give them and andrew's gonna stay at the motel eight mm-hmm. but are they paying for it i mean are is is apm paying for it They're... yeah but i mean andrew's talked about yeah, that before yeah, that's right how right. he's like i don't need the fancy oh my thing gosh if somebody else is paying for it give me the fancy thing like mm-hmm. now um <laughs> Uh, hello. Yes. <laughs> um, Stu pipes in with the news from the three two zero. Is that right for Saint Cloud and? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess it's just like there's so many conservative people that live up there, and there was some there was some lady that's running for something, and I like that I like Stu's uh, line for her. She hates two things: <laughs> immigrants and fluoride, <laughs> and she's all out of fluoride. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love these politicians in in these states that really immigration has no impact on their lives at all, but they make it a huge issue in like these stupid races, you know. Uh, I just need you ah, to know I'm an asshole, think, but... so you can you can elect me. Minnesota has a large Somali population, right? I do know that, and they and they they do great. So from they, what I heard, they've settled them a lot of them into into St. Cloud, mm-hmm. so. Ah, uh, oh, brown people. Yeah, yes. I heard a story on uh, This American Life on, on them, and it sounded like they're doing great to me. Yep. Uh, yeah, well, but it doesn't matter. They, yeah, like Ann said, they're brown. They're brown. So, yeah. <laughs> there you gotta go. get out. <laughs> uh, Stu made up Go Huskies Woo, and I guess that's kind of caught on for St. Cloud State. Uh, he talked about the U of M hockey domination. Um, and Dave always says, because Dave loves hockey because he's from Boston, he was like, but like low key, yeah, the University of Minnesota is like where it's at. You know, there's a lot of people that play hockey in Boston, but that's like the, you know, University of Minnesota, I guess, is the Alabama of college hockey mm-hmm. um, or the Duke of that's hockey, true. I guess, is what is what um, mm-hmm. uh, Stu called it. Um, Dave. And I don't know if this counts for Mike, but it's the women's hockey teams that are really good lately. Women play hockey? They do. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I know there's even a fledgling professional women's hockey league. I think anytime I think you talk about a teams. professional yep. women's team of any sport, it you automatically say fledgling. Because that thing, they usually fall <laughs> out of the nest and get eaten. Oh. Hey, the, uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Buttes are really good. We were hoping to go to the home opener yesterday, but we had too much going on already but we're gonna catch their next home game they're buttes think they shut out their opponents yesterday is that like short for Mm -hmm. beautifuls we have (laughs) (laughs) i uh something like that although they look pretty tough actually i I wouldn't i mean here's what it comes down to any any woman on that roster could beat the living crap out of me so Mm-hmm. The Buttes yeah. is like, is yeah, this like a league Minnesota of white caps? It's like the league of their own or something. Like they have to wear dresses while they, well, uh, <laughs> right. I don't know. I went to school with two of the people on the Minnesota team. And yeah, in fact, one of them I know now she teaches uh, a group fitness classes at my gym. I take a class from her and she came in when she was eight and a half months pregnant and kicked my ass. In a class. So she's amazing. Um, then they kind of get into um, uh, Stu's Twitter, uh, like how he's kind of Twitter famous. And you can tell that Luke is like trying to be a supportive friend, but also seething with jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But but 
yeah, Stu is really good at it. And he's not uh, just Luke's are so, so try hard. And and Stu is effortless at it. And his tweet about the Americans was great. And Martha retweeted it. And it was really like it was so on point. And Luke just his brain doesn't work like that. His brain doesn't is not Twitter good. It is. It's really on the fly. Good. Like the backup point guard for the Timberwolves um, being mad about LeBron James being good. You know, what's it? You're just spinning your wheels here. Um, He's he's good. You're not that good. You're all right. You make some funnies. Stu's really good. Let him be Stu. Don't be Mm -hmm. mad. There was one tweet that Stu did. I'm going to mangle it, but it was him. There was there was some HGTV uh, whatever show and he was watching it and it was like some woman cracked an egg with a knife <laughs> and Stu was like I'm furious like he, I don't know why it just he was so he's so funny it, it just works and how he does it and Luke uses too many words or not the right combination of words and it just seems again he's just like he's trying too hard um I don't get the feeling that Stu workshops his nope. tweets very no, much Stu no. is Stu. yes he has a natural. He has a funny Twitter it. personality, and and he's able to communicate that. Yep. They were pretty sluggish on offense for a while until they decided <laughs> to just let Stu be Stu. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. And then I guess the top story is talking about how squirrel is an emotional support animal, which like no, gross. It's like rats running around the airport and the airplane. I'm not interested. I hate squirrels. Um. I. I I kind of feel like it should be only like dogs and cats, but I don't know. Maybe I'm being animalist or something. I, and I guess now miniature ponies are allowed on Alaska Air. I don't know if that's real or not. I just, you know, I, it's fine. And I'm sensitive to some people needing it. Um, and, you know, great if you need a support animal or and there's a difference obviously between like support and service but i don't know some of this is like going too far why the fuck do you need a squirrel what a squirrel is gonna do to you and well at least i understand the logistics of a squirrel where does the miniature horse (laughs) sit on the airplane even though it's miniature it's still big (laughs) that's right the whole point of of people declaring emotional support. I mean, this is where I'm going to be cynical and say, I think the vast majority of people who say that it's an emotional support animal just want to bring their pets on board without paying for them. Um, You'd have to buy a seat for the emotional support horse. Wouldn't you? You can't have that in the foot. Well, and try talking to him about, about taking his headphones off while he's in the exit row. He doesn't want to hear it. No, I'm wondering who who are these assholes going to visit? You know, is there someone in the other city going like, oh, I can't wait till this asshole friend of mine who has an emotional support squirrel gets here. We're going to have so much fun. No, mm-hmm. nobody wants oh, to see you. Stay home with your emotional support squirrel. Nope. I think birds should be off the list for oh. sure. The emotional support turkey. No, the peacock. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's. I, you can have the peacock starts hollering. That's extremely unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. They're real. You loud. can have two Xanax and one emotional support wild turkey before takeoff. <laughs> that's it. And I'm not cruel. Like I like seeing animals, but there are some that I'm like, that's dangerous to keep it in captivity. <laughs> it doesn't need to be on a flying can of farts right now. That mm-hmm. seems super odd but yeah i get it i think i agree with you Anne. i feel like it's kind of a ruse for the most part 
Um, and then, um, I, but I did make me laugh. Luke said, like, I want to bring Rudy on, but I'm not going to. And I'm like, that's because Rudy's not trained. She would like pee oh all over God. the, <laughs> yeah. like jump on every passenger. I mean, Luke, Just Rudy nut, is super Nut cute. punch everyone that comes down the aisle. <laughs> can't bring Rudy. There's a different reason why you can't bring Rudy. Um, All the men are doubling over and vomiting because they've been repeatedly getting nut shots. Um, and then they, they get into art talk, which was seemed like all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what are we talking about here? Um, they talked about Magritte. The only thing I know him from is like the Thomas Crown Affair, but which is a great movie. But um, they said, this is the worst art history podcast ever. But oh. I don't know why I was like weirdly surprised that they knew I don't know if it was all wrong, but they knew like a fair amount, but it right. seemed like a weird turn to take. But that was basically the end of Wednesday. Um, and on to Thursday, 2747, uh, Damn Damp Boys. They're back in Studio P. And I love, like, guess how many um, cases of Lipton green iced tea Luke will buy. And it's <laughs> like, I mean, is he going to fill, like, a storage unit with them? Because he'll buy cases upon <laughs> cases of them. Some outdoor storage area so that they can suffer some horrible temperature swings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, gross. Um, they talk about Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is a great, hilarious movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but it used to be, like, one that was... It, on a lot um they talk about ufos because i guess he broed down with somebody about what's that show called why can't i ever remember it the the far coast, coast to coast, coast. yes oh, yeah, no yeah. yeah yeah coast to coast but it, are ufos like a part of minnesota culture and is that something no <laughs> they seem to no. <laughs> they, i don't know what he's talking about it's yeah it was like i i i mean it doesn't seem like it, but yeah, apparently New Mexico guys, New Mexico, yeah, down south. Um, then they get into Bowie talk, um, and we have a throw your phone for this. And I am definitely not a David Bowie expert, so I am not one to talk. But um, um, Kaylin said that Ken an eleven. I said severe lack of Bowie knowledge, which is true. And I was really, I said this before. I was really surprised that Luke knew so little about him because it seemed like somebody he'd be super into. I'm not surprised that Andrew knew more, mm-hmm. but it seemed like somebody Luke would have dove into, but well, he did not. Um, didn't know a lot of, like, I don't know anything and I knew more than Luke, but, but as I said, like Luke subscribes, I think to this notion of knowing two things about somebody. So you can like know a little bit about everything. And I totally mm-hmm. understand that, but but sometimes his lack of knowledge is surprising on something. Um, eh, just every once in a while it trips you up and makes you look dumb. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one thing that they said that I, like, I hate. Dave does this and it makes me crazy. He's like, hey, let's talk when you get home. And I'm like, no, guys, like, <laughs> I, if we're going to talk, we're talking right now. I can't, like, just, or when your boss says, like, hey, can I talk to you later? It's the most stressful part. Like, I'm like, no, let's just, like, have it out right now. I can't, like, linger. I don't like to linger in feelings. Well, with your spouse, you know you're going to be with them a lot. Yes. So why yes. do you have to say, I need to talk to you later? Well, of course I'm going to talk to you later. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I'll bring it up then when I'm there talking with you face to face. No, bring it up now. Um, <laughs> then they then they talk about uh, the, like, they get into Beatles talk and... 
I don't know. Luke sounded like a real dick in this. And then it was like funny that he ended up being sort of wrong. Now, I again, I am no Beatles expert, but uh, Carrie kept calling, I guess, the Greatest Hills album, the Blue album. And then Luke was like giving her shit for it. But it was it, I thought, it, you know, Andrew was sort of the resident Beatles head in uh, TBTL land. And he was like, well, you know, yes, but people definitely call it that. And by the way, didn't you know that the White Album is not actually called the White Album? And Luke was like, I didn't know that. And I even it's have the album. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like that Luke sort of realized like, oh, shit, like I've been being a dick this whole time. And I was actually kind of in the wrong. So. I don't know. That would so annoy me if he was like, you know that that's not right, don't you? Ugh, that 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 would not have flown with me. Um, but um, then we talk about Andrew riding a scooter or one of the little, you know, bird or lime scooter things. Um, the one thing that surprised me was that it's already in the 30s there, Anne. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Hey. I mean, only in the mornings. It, it's snowing in Amarillo. Uh, is it really? Morning. Yeah. Man. I mean, it's weird. I bring up like Amarillo, 85. folks, because that's where Emily spent the weekend. Because <laughs> she loves to go to Amarillo for the weekend. Who wouldn't? She just loves a terrible margarita pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I, I, It's like 80 here today, but then tomorrow it's going to be in the 50s. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't know why 30s really surprised me. But... um. I, this is the one of those stories that Luke just kept interrupting Andrew. And I was like, just let him yep. tell this damn scooter story. He's talking about mm-hmm. running. I don't usually notice it that much, but this was just one of those that he couldn't really get the story out at all. But um, Andrew got scolded on the scooter. Although I don't think the guy was scolding him. I just think that Andrew probably looked nervous on the scooter and the guy was giving him a tip, which is annoying, but... Andrew does not like to be told to do anything, so he really took it as, you know, being, you know, scolded. So, did you guys think he was being scolded, or do you think he just looked scared? Mm. I think the guy was giving him a helpful tip. Right. And then when he kept saying, oh, this is what he said, I was like, oh, no, it just sounds like he was being kind of nice about it, not -hmm. being a dick. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure the 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 riding is much more even in the street, right? We don't yeah. we don't usually scold strangers here. Yeah, you don't scold strangers in <laughs> in Minnesota. No, it, never. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there are a few douchebags around here, but in general, this is more of a minding your own business thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then I just thought like. I don't know, Luke and Andrew are always talking about how people are scolding or being mean to him. I don't know if maybe it's I'm because I'm a lady or something, but I feel like they have more perceived beefs than any people I know. It's like, I don't know. They're, I, yes. Maybe it's the, the, like, being sort of self-consumed that they think people are thinking about them all the time. And I'm like, nobody's thinking about you. Nobody's being, like, actively a dick. I feel like for the most part, people are trying to just go about their day and get through it, and they think that they're always being kind of put upon it's it's dude was probably just saw a 230 pound person looking very shaky on on the scooter coming down the sidewalk and thought you know maybe the street might be a better option for you because there are less bumps and changes in elevation and you know less acorns yeah fewer acorns (laughs) they've they've been swept god thank goodness um 
Anyway, I just thought that that was sort of odd. But uh, okay, so the top story is a horse remembers Liam Neeson, which is just kind of like a perfect Liam Neeson. Of course, who who would forget Liam Neeson? Be an animal or human. <laughs> Uh, I love the story. And did you know Liam Neeson is shockingly old? And I say that because oh, yeah. he looks really good, but he's like deep into his sixties, which I don't know why that always mm-hmm. like surprises me. I feel like he should be forty nine. It seems to be the right age for Liam Neeson, but he's not. Um, but because he still looks really good. Um, and then we talk about horse riding. Luke has talked about this before, where he thinks it's cruel. Um, I. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, then they talk about like horse for, they go into some horse forum. Um, I, I, growing up, I, okay, listen, I grew up in Dallas. It's a city. I grew up in the middle of the city, but I did go to camp as discussed before. And I rode horses and I even like went on a two day horse riding kind of like where I had to saddle up my own horse, feed the horse, do the whole thing. I am not scared of horses. Now they're animals, so they can like, you know, act kind of wild, I guess. But for the most part, Western riding is, I don't know, it's, I think it's really fun and I haven't done it in a really long time, but I always liked riding horses and I just was never, and I was even bucked off once, but I don't know. I always thought it was fun and it seems crazy to me that Andrew said he would rather ride a motorcycle than a horse because people die from motorcycles all the time. You don't really hear, I mean, if you're going to compare the two of those, like one is objectively more dangerous than the other one. So I just thought it was crazy that we had a discussion in the chat and I, Christy thinks that I'm crazy, but I think that riding a horse is way more secure than riding a motorcycle, especially in Texas where you don't have to wear a helmet and people are idiots and don't wear helmets and then they die. So I'm going to go with my- motorcycles just by volume. I think if there were as many people riding horses around as many miles every day as they ride <laughs> motorcycles, there would be a, ton of horse related injuries that's fine but, but i've never been that's on a why, horse but that's what i'm saying is it's stupid like horses don't go that fast and you're not in traffic so that's yeah, like if we're comparing right now yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's not it was it just seemed like a weird thing i don't know why i'm like standing up for horse riding but i liked it and it's <laughs> it's pretty easy to learn and it's fun um and then we somehow i've been horseback riding and i did not enjoy it very much and i did think it was kind of scary it's a sentient animal and you are not in control and it's much bigger than you and if you don't do everything right it could it could hurt you very badly I guess. Well, I mean, the motorcycle is not going to be like, no, I'm going over here. Yeah, but the thing is with motorcycles is you don't know what other people are doing. That's what happens is like they veer into your That's lane. That's true. Absolutely. So, I'm not saying that it's a, a rational objection. It's just, you know, people are scared of animals that could squish them. True. See, I get Very defensive true. when I see those bumper stickers on buggies that say to watch out because horse riders are everywhere. <laughs> Because I feel like the horse riders should be watching out for the buggies, too. It's a two-way thing. That's true. And wait, what's in somewhere Pennsylvania, Dutchland or whatever? Yeah. um, uh, Then they go into... I kind of stopped paying attention. Sorry. They talk about sex doll laws and... It was like a weirdo conversation. As you do. <laughs> sure. Um, they think that prostitution should be legal if it's regulated. I, and I totally agree with that. If it's two consenting adults, like, I don't 
get why that it should be outlawed. The only thing that annoyed me about this conversation, they're like, <laughs> not like that would happen in Houston, because I guess that's where it the it started. Houston is actually like a pretty progressive city. Just because it's in Texas does not mean that it's not. The the mayor, I believe, is a lesbian. Uh, it's it's a really really diverse city, and they I don't know. I just thought it was like a dumb Seattle centric thing to say. Um, I mean, obviously it's Texas, so it's a little bit weirdo, but it's it's you know a, it's a large metropolis, so it's not like some backwards town. Um, just a side note that if you are going to explore the sex doll laws in your local area. Uh, slash Amazon. <laughs> the holidays are coming. Oh, plug, plug, plug. And uh, those things, uh, a quick, quick, unfortunate search, thankfully, in an incognito window tells me that they're Always. not cheap. So, uh, you know, throw us a few bucks. Well, you got to pay for quality. Yeah, exactly. pay for quality. All right. And that's basically the end of Thursday. All right. I'll bring it home with Friday 2748 live. From Minnesota, a whirling dervish of apologies. So they are live at the Bauhaus Brewery Labs uh, with Nora, who they don't get to until a little bit later. Um, Andrew is freaking out or did freak out about a wet booger in his lift ride <laughs> that I think I think he had the guy stop or the I think it was a guy had the guy stop so that he could go get something and then he got back in the car after telling the driver about the wet booger and the driver hadn't done anything so uh so he instead of giving him the yelp review of a lifetime which is what genevieve (laughs) does he just gave the gentleman three stars that was one of my favorite stories from the week i like that the reason though why the guy (laughs) didn't pick up like clean the booger was because they were talking about mac miller (laughs) luke and the guy he like luke distracted him luke's like oops sorry Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Mac Miller conversation. I forgot that part of it. Um, Andrew talks about doing his, uh, I guess it was improv or maybe it was scripted. Um, I think it was scripted. Oh, scripted uh, Clam and Goldfish for some kids podcast. Uh, I think he did a decent job. He sounded all right. Yeah. Sounded sure. All right to me. Now we can all subscribe to Brains On and listen to Andrew. I mean, I might. Yeah. Bridget keeps asking for a kids podcast, so maybe I will and see hear the hear the Andrew cameo. Um, I think I think that's just going to confuse kids that think clams and goldfish can get married. I mean, we haven't gotten that far yet. Um, <laughs> Two consenting adults. That's all that matters. <laughs> what? Can, how do I know that goldfish is probably six months old? Um, we find out for the first time that the RV rental got the, didn't really get them in trouble, but I guess it got, it got APM in a little bit of a hot water with their lawyers. They got too far down the road with it before, um, APM was able to cancel it, but there's, there's a no more RVs policy there. So, um, so they can't do any team building in an (laughs) RV. So, but I think we've seen from, from that uh, terrible crash up in New York, uh, the the less um, bunch of drunks on a bus, uh, probably probably better. Yeah, you're never sure if they've they've uh, they've changed the brake pads in the history of the vehicle. Uh, we find out that uh, River Boy donated, and then they um, they welcome Nora McInerney, who. Uh, well, I, I can't remember. I guess she went to the hospital or was hospitalized. She had low blood pressure and 
was this a medical opinion that I wrote down? They said that she has low blood pressure due to her tallness. Which, uh, <laughs> no, I'm very dubious that of that. Was just a joke. Oh, okay, good. She had uh, she had low blood pressure, and they joked because of her tallness. Okay, well, it is true that after a certain age, if you stand up really fast, you, whatever happens after that, you have you have coming. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, because if it was due to tallness, I'd be passing out all the time. <laughs> my, my sister <laughs> would I'm never be conscious. I'm as tall as Nora, and I'm over 40. Right. <laughs> yeah, the combination of over 40 and over 6 foot means you, you, your blood is barely circulating at this point. It can't get there. It just can't get there yet. Um, top story, the barefoot acorn story. Someone was trolling. Uh, I guess we didn't know at first that they were trolling the community in Minnesota asking them to sweep the acorns off their sidewalk so that he could continue his uh, passionate barefoot running. <laughs> and, uh, but this, this myth got busted because they, someone did some digging. I guess it was Buzzfeed did some digging and found that the person was trolling unicycle people as well <laughs> and really had a good attitude about it. When, when they, they caught him, he was like, oh, I guess my 15 minutes are up. Uh, I just wish he'd gotten to recumbent bicycling um, before <laughs> before he he'd been discovered because because that's I, my pet I briefly peeve. I briefly wondered if this was you Mike right <laughs> <laughs> I wish it were I wish it were me because that was pretty great. There's talk of Minnesota nice that's not actually kindness, and then I think Anne you've you've sort of. You've sort of talked about that before, and but she said Minnesota mean is just just calling the police. They just if you don't want to <laughs> if you don't want to have a difficult conversation with someone, you just call the police or tell their neighbors or tell the neighbors to have their friends not park their car on the street during what parties a dick. or whatever. That w- <laughs> it was her husband was like dying, and people were coming over, and they're like, "Could you not yeah, park yeah. so close?" Oh uh, man. Oh man, I was I was indignant on her behalf there. Um, are you Luke or an Andrew? There's been a lot of that this week, you know, the time management thing and um just just figuring out what you know, they're they're very polarizing on, on a lot of this stuff. But here's the thing. Right about this part in the show is where Luke read the transcript from his his interview at the Monster Truck Rally and it is uncomfortable. It is so great. <laughs> Did you guys, you guys see it? You should have. You should have seen Nora's face. <laughs> oh yeah, this yeah, whole yeah, thing. Yeah. Like there was, there was a point where she was actually covering her face. She was laughing so hard. It is really uncomfortable. Though I feel like she made a good point though about how like he was like, oh, I had all these jokes. Like Monster Jam was my you know safety school. I think that she's right. Like he would have wasted those jokes. Like they don't, Mm -hmm. they would have been like, go away. Like it's better to say I peed my pants to this crowd. Maybe that's the more appropriate crowd to say it to. I watched the video back when it, you know, first, first uh, found its way, you know, the, the home video that uh, was made by Nick armies. And the, the thing that strikes me about that video is yeah, he does a, not a great job of getting the thing around there. And then he does a not a great job on the interview, but he had to know when he got in that truck and looked around the arena. Cause this was like pre event. 
there this this crowd was sparse and not paying much attention because Nick was way up on yeah. one end and pretty high up and he had an angle on it and you could just see there was a smattering of fans there at that point so don't think you're going to kill you know if you can't make the person laugh you can't make the interviewer laugh you're done yeah and if you don't know her mm-hmm. or him don't try cuz you don't know them you don't know their sense of humor so that was that was pretty great i loved him reading that and facing that <laughs> Oh uh, my God! The part about all the brave men and women who are going to be out here tonight. Like, oh God! Stop! He was flailing. It's pretty great. What's really great about it is he's normally just really relaxed and fun and in the moment in these things, and so smooth. And that's why this stands out in stark relief to most of his public appearances because he is. He is at a goddamn loss, and he he's drowning. It's pretty great. Um, the APM building is kept too hot and has lots of <laughs> stairs. Uh, uh, is this a thing in Minnesota, and do they keep a lot of the buildings too hot? I know in Seattle they used to keep the buses way too hot in the winter, and you'd have all these layers on just to be like, I was thinking about this, and I I don't really think so. I think what it is is the temperature differential. Yeah. It's why Luke has talked many times about how he hates coming into air conditioning buildings when he's in the south, like down in your guys' neck of the woods. Is you you come in from the outside and it's so hot, and then inside it's seventy two degrees and it feels arctic in there. Mm-hmm. And it's not because it's actually cold; it's just because the shift in temperature is so great. And that's how it is in Minnesota in the summer. It's you feel cold in the buildings because the air conditioned, and then in the winter you feel really hot. You get the Twin Peaks so going there in the outside. in the summer when you come in and you're mm-hmm. inappropriately. <laughs> So I don't think that we keep the buildings any warmer or colder than anywhere else. It's just that the temperature shifts are so huge that it's you feel it more. All right. Well, Andrew was very hungover from Mancini's, and he's sweating. He sweated through his uh, undershirt, which sounded like a nice Cleveland Browns, excuse me, shirt Mm -hmm. that he that he wears all the time, and he buried it in the trash. So no Minnesota fans. Could find a Browns flop sweat <laughs> t-shirt and take a picture. He was shirtless in the bathroom in a in a bathroom without a lock. I don't know if I would do that. Yeah, I, don't know. That I just was... love that he's like, "Please, nobody come in. Please, nobody come in." Isn't there a stall in there to go yeah. into? Go rub some ass gaskets all over yourself and, <laughs> and dry off. <laughs> um. Kiki Lolo says she did not notice that Andrew um, and they weren't and she and the other people there were not talking about all this sweating, which he was afraid of. And then they were talking about whether Andrew would ever um, do fly with the Blue Angels. Um, So sure. And he eventually comes to the point where he says he would he thinks he would have to do it. And no, first of all, you don't have to do it. No. And second of all, I don't think. I don't think those people would appreciate you. I mean, you you're you're a baby when they're taking off a mole. You know, <laughs> they're chopping a little skin tag off you, and you and and you're, the person is annoyed. Imagine 
this this <laughs> you have to be in the pillow room <laughs> yeah is there a pillow room behind this this uh are they is blue angels navy i always are they navy or air force i think I, so anyway you're behind yeah because because kai Rizdal flew for them and he was in the oh, navy God, so kai Rizdal. here we go again um <laughs> They, I mean, they, he was always on my list, but now he's number one with a bullet. Now, now that you're uh, peeling off those tidy whities whenever he gets another million downloads, um, <laughs> someone they they take questions and someone uh, stands up and offers to drive them home so that they oh. will be getting driven home every day or every night in uh, in Minneapolis. And. Uh, um, there was no music for your weekend, but Anne, we have you here. You were at the event. Give mm-hmm. us give us a quick rundown mm-hmm. of, of uh, how it was. It was a nice event. Uh, I did a quick head count, a rough head count there. There were at least 75 to 80 people in the room. And I would say not more than three or four were randos who were not there for TBTL. Uh-huh. So uh, Luke's fears about nobody coming were unfounded um it was it was fine it was a f- fun show in a good space although as Stu pointed out surly does have an <laughs> event space which would have been the event space at surly is bigger than this entire brewery i mean surly is massive when you go there um, so that probably would have been a better setup. You could really hear it in the sound quality. Yeah. I think on the recording yeah. that it was a big concrete box yeah. with no sound absorption, but, um, but it was a good time and you could bring your dogs. I mean, we got to, there are some pictures of, uh, Phil Collins, the girl dog. That's Shanna's dog, Shanna, who's been on the show and Phil Collins is a boxer and she's beautiful. And there were, I don't know, seven or eight other dogs running around and it was a good time what was the diet was coke situation cheese food truck oh no i didn't even try okay. i didn't even try i just came in and sat and made them no money mm. you probably could have acquired acquired one but, at the at the grilled cheese um truck that's how people were getting know. non-alcoholic I, beverages I, I at the uh at the little get together that we had in seattle mm-hmm I wasn't. Yeah, probably. One, other times, Optimism <laughs> Brewing, our unofficial home in Seattle now. All right, and Bobby, you're not going for the non-alcoholic options anyway. So, uh, I I like to moderate my drinks. Actually, I usually double fist. I've got an alcoholic drink in one hand and a and a diet coke or a water or a lemonade or something in the other hand. That's I did how you both go because night. I'd been flying all day. I yeah, because you want to. You want to be be Mr. Party, but you also don't want to get too dehydrated. Yeah. All right. Mr. Uh, Party played is Let's your Go new Crazy name. to get out instead of uh, music for your weekend, which is great because I didn't have to do any of the any of the stupid research on how to spell anybody's name or pronounce any artist <laughs> or what the actual title is instead of the title that Luke said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some easy listening uh, hits of the eighties <laughs> from Andrew. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll defend Toto until I die. Toto. I'm with I you. love Toto. I love Richard Marks. Yeah. Is there a story behind <laughs> I'm the apologizing name? apologizing for any of it. Or is it just a stupid Toto? name? Toto? No idea. Toto. 
I don't know. I don't know anything about Toto. I just like those, as Bobby said, those two and a half hits. Right. <laughs> and, and Minor is still pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Anne. <laughs> I love that, that indignation over Toto. That, that really made me happy. Well, let's do a little housekeeping. Let's try to keep this show under two hours. Uh, if you would like to purchase any of our merchandise, you can check out our shop, 10710.com slash shop, or hit the button on the side of the page and find all the stuff that we have. I, very briefly on Friday at the show, I saw Burton. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he was wearing his raw shirt. Yay. And so I was very glad to see him represent uh, the Archive Project continues as always. If you'd like to get involved with that, please uh, send Christy an email. You know, when I was doing that fashion clip show on Friday, when I was researching the clips, I knew we needed that white V-neck mm-hmm. clip. I was like, this show cannot happen without pin. this clip. Yeah. But, yes. Yep. That it had not been archived yet. And so what I had to do was like, okay, well, it was in... They were on the radio, so it was probably 2008, and then I found a reference that they had been talking about in the summer, and then I went to the beginning of June and just started bouncing through the episodes hour by hour by hour to try to find it, and then I gave up on June, about 10 shows in, and went to July, and then I managed to hear a clip from a lady, an old lady who called in and said that she really appreciated how Jen handled Luke in the t-shirt discussion so then i went back a week and started going i probably spent two to three hours looking for this clip so how satisfying is it when you finally when you finally nail it got it yes i was like bingo (laughs) (laughs) but all this to say that i so appreciate the help and the work that everybody has done on the archiving project and if more of you would get off your asses, yep. maybe I wouldn't have had to spend three hours on it. <laughs> Lazy listeners. Wait, that, w- that wasn't the tone I was trying to strike for that. But anyway. You've been good this week. Just lashing out at the listeners uh, once. A... I know. I feel like I've turned a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever buy things from Amazon.com, this very small startup that some of you may have heard of, uh, it would be great if you would use our affiliate link, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, so that we get kicked a few pennies from your purchase, which turns into a lot of pennies from everybody's combined purchases. That would be awesome. If you do buy a, our sister podcast. I was going to say, if you do buy a sex doll, that's like a lot of money for us. So really use that link because we, we <laughs> kind of need that money. I mean, either go quality or go quantity. Guys, one of the two. Yeah. I always pop this one on the first try. I need another one. Your Lipton iced tea needs whatever. Buy cases. Mm -hmm. Where's the Cheesecake Factory of sex dolls? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's an image I don't need. Uh, On our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, Songs to Brighten Your Day is the theme this week. The news has been so shitty lately. Um, Give them a little listen and maybe feel a little bit happier. All right. As always, you can find us at littleredbandwagon.com or throwyourphone.com for your hot takes on Facebook. uh, As always, Little Red Bandwagon. The show Twitter is LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You know, someday we'll get a domain email. We own a domain. We probably have a free 
email account associated with it that we're not using. But for now, still, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Uh, voicemails and text messages can be sent to 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Uh, you can fax us at 617-354-8513. And we did get a fax this week. It was a cute little drawing of a brain, a person with a brain, and my brain is bad. And it came through upside down, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> 617-354-8513. Uh, so thank you to that anonymous faxer from the uh, the greater Seattle area based on the area code. I want to fax you back, but I don't want to blow up your spot if it's like the office fax machine. So I, I restrained myself. And with that, uh, Hillary, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. They trying to say I was drunk. I only had eight berries. God. I don't know where to go from that. Do I say that I love you, Jen? We do love you, Jen. Please help us. Come on. So I turn myself to face me. Nailed it. <laughs> I'm much too fast to take that test. Change it. Change it. You want to be a richer man. Change it. It's going to have to be a different man. But never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand So the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on As they try to change their worlds Are immune to your consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Changes Turn and face the strain Changes Don't tell them to grow up and out of it